I'm James McCarthy. I'm the president of HIMS. I'm also Low Vision. Uh, so I'm the presenter today for the eBot. Uh, wish everyone an early happy Thanksgiving. HIMS is a company that makes Braille products and low vision products and other assistive technology for people who are blind and visually impaired. We're based in Austin, Texas. Been around since 1999, although the products were first sold into the United States market in 2005. Our office is a wholly owned office of our parent company where all of the engineering and manufacturing is done in South Korea. Uh, we're based in Austin, Texas, and we have full support. We do everything there other than engineering and manufacturing. We have a lot of input into the development of new products. In fact, just Thursday of this past week, uh, we had our 2015 uh, engineering and products meeting. So we have uh, about 40% of the decision of uh, any products we make are worldwide. They're global products. And the United States market currently has about 40% weight on what products we develop. So, you know, if you have ideas, whether from this session or if you just have ideas about what products, you know, we may need for consumers who are blind and visually impaired, we're certainly open to, to listening. So this session is actually about eBot. eBot is uh, the first and currently the only video magnifier that is iPad compatible. Not iPad connectable, but iPad compatible, meaning it displays the video magnifier's camera image on an iPad or an Android tablet or a Windows tablet, the Windows tablet basically being a Microsoft Surface type device. Okay, so has anyone seen eBot before? It has been shown at ATIA in January of this year at the CSUN conference in, in March of this year. No? No yeses. I, I, I know somebody's seen it. I know Louis know Lou, Lou, seen it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know there's someone here from the Braille Institute in Rancho Mirage, and they, one has been ordered for them, and they'll get uh, theirs soon and set up in their Connection Point Lab. I think Santa Barbara might have one in the Connection Point Lab as well, Santa Barbara Braille Institute. Uh, and I think there's plans eventually for all of the Braille Institutes in Southern California to have an eBot in their Connection Point Lab. Um, okay. So eBot is uh, a reading, writing, and distance video magnifier. There's three models of eBot. Uh, there's the vanilla eBot, so we, we just call it eBot. Reading, writing, and distance, all of the eBot models have all the same connectivity to iPads and Android tablets, Windows devices, and Mac devices, as well as to a standalone monitor via an HDMI video input. We use the HDMI input on a computer so that we can preserve the HD high definition image quality of the eBot camera. Uh, some people, you know, under the misperception that going in through a VGA uh, gives you the high resolution. Uh, VGA is not high res in terms of HD resolution. Um, HDMI is. We also provide an adapter, though. If you don't have an HDMI connector on your, your monitor, but you have a DVI, then there's a little adapter uh, that can connect into a DVI input, and you'll still get your HD resolution. So the connectivity of all eBots are the same, but the eBot model, our basic model, is reading, writing, and distance only. Uh, then we have the eBot advanced model, which is reading, writing, distance, magnification, as well as OCR text-to-speech, but it's what we call a screen capture or a screenshot OCR. OCR is optical character recognition, so that's basically, you know, when a camera or some type of a scanning engine 
uh, actually scans or takes a picture of an image. And the TTS is the text-to-speech that will read it out loud. We'll read it back to you. Feel free to ask questions along the way. Don't want to lose anyone along the way with some of the acronyms that we throw around in, in our industry. You know, it is not iPhone or smartphone compatible. Originally, the thinking was iPhones are too small. Uh, and the format of, of iPhones are different from the format of tablets. So uh, in the original development, it was just for tablets. Now that phones are getting bigger, there, there was a, you know, there's a movement, so to speak, outside of the company as well as within our company to have iPhone compatibility. There's a few other reasons. Some people even see a use on a small uh, smartphone screen uh, and have described, you know, times when maybe they don't have their tablet, but they have their e-bot and, and a smartphone, and they might want to connect it just to read something short and quick. We do plan updates to the firmware and to the e-bot viewer that is available in the Apple Store and the Google Market. Uh, and the updates are always free from HIMS. It's been like that for all of our products from the very beginning. Updates and upgrades are always free. Uh, at some point, though, some consumers' hardware might be too old to accept all the features of the software updates. Um, but other than that, firmware updates are always free, and, and you'll get all, all features. Uh, I'll explain that as I, as I start showing the, pro the product, because you're right. How do, the question was, how does the signal get from the eBot to the iPad? Uh, because apparently you must know that there's no video input connection into an iPad or an Android tablet. And that that is why other products are not working, because you have to figure out a different interface. There's just not a universal video input cable uh, into an iPad or Android tablet. So, yeah, we're going to have updates. We have one, possibly two. Uh, significant firmware updates coming in 2015 to the eBots that will add a lot of features. Uh, some of you will ask questions, and I'll see that'll that'll be in firmware update one or firmware update two, uh, and I'll mention a few uh, updates that that will be coming as well. Okay, so we'll get to the gist of it. Uh, what I have here is the eBot Pro. The eBot Pro is actually the top of the line model. So if you remember, I said eBot Advanced is a s screenshot or a screen capture OCR. Uh, let me explain what that means. That means what you see on your video screen is what is going to be captured by the camera and read out loud with the text-to-speech. Okay, so it's not a full page. Now, the eBot Pro is a full page. You can choose screenshot uh, text-to-speech, or you can choose full page text-to-speech. You choose it from, from the eBot menu. Also, the eBot uh, gives you a uh, SD card, so you can store your captured images. And you can transfer it to another device, or you can just insert the SD card and, and read your images at a later date off of your SD card. Also, the eBot Pro is the only motorized video magnifier camera currently on the market. And I'll explain some of the benefits of having a motorized camera. So the unit I have here today is the eBot Pro. It is the top-of-the-line eBot. I brought it just so I can show you all of the features. And you can imagine, then, the features of the eBot Advanced and the eBot, the two lower models. Let's start with how do we get connected. Uh, and I'm actually already, or currently already connected. Uh, so you, some of you have some vision, might be able to see that I have a couple of lines of magnified print on the iPhone. And I'm not tethered in any way. Excuse me, iPad. Thank you. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was firmware update one already, huh? <laughs> um, so, so the iPad. 
So I guess that's that's what happens too. You may catch me saying a different eBot model than eBot Pro here today too. So if, if you catch me stumbling on saying eBot, eBot Advanced, or eBot Pro, and I'm saying the wrong model, go ahead and correct me. Um, be a little quiz game. Um, th- those those who are correct, I'll buy I'll buy you a soda or water downstairs later today. Uh, <laughs> we'll all meet happy hour. Um, Okay, so it's, it's currently connected. I've got a couple of magnified lines here. Uh, I can actually lower it. Let's see, if I lower the print, now I have uh, about four lines here. So all I did was I just lowered the, the print document that's under the eBot camera, and I got four lines. Um, how we connect, actually, is we uh, connect over Wi-Fi. And the process of connecting, I'll explain a little bit of the process without getting too technical. So you have to go into Wi-Fi, go into your settings, then go to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi will then find your eBot device. You'll see eBot show up. It'll either automatically connect to the eBot, or you may have to select the eBot and then put in a password. Okay, we do have a default password for the first time you put it in. Uh, then you, in the eBot menu, you can change the password and set your own secure password for the future so somebody else could not use your eBot. Um, if you ever needed to override it, there is an override system that you can override the password, uh, but you have to know how to override it. So, and that's not in the manual. Uh, that's something that consumers will learn through technical support. We didn't put it in the manual because otherwise it becomes common knowledge, and then it's no longer, you know, a security, bre- you know, uh, answer to when you forgot your password. It was either do it that way or make you go online, but it was easier to just have you have you learn you know the, the system have each individual user learn the system um, so once you're connected okay then you go back to your home screen and you launch your eBot viewer that you would have downloaded from the Apple Store or the Google Market downloading the eBot viewer is free any of you with an, an Android or an, I, an iPad can download the, the eBot viewer because you have to have the eBot hardware anyway right so the the eBot Viewer app is free from the Apple Store or Google Market. Um, and uh, once you load it uh, or launch your, your viewer, it takes a few seconds to make the first connection, the first time, and then you're connected. Where do we get the Wi-Fi from? That's the next question, right? Uh, the eBot is its own access point or its own hotspot. Okay, so we don't need the Wi-Fi, the slow Wi-Fi of the hotel. Yeah, we don't need that one. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to be our own uh, Wi-Fi access point or hotspot is because we needed to take control of the signal strength. That was reason one. Originally, we weren't planning on, on being our own access point, but we realized in order to control the image quality, in order to control not losing the signal or minimizing that possibility, we had to be a dedicated uh, Wi-Fi between the eBot and the tablet device. Um, so it, actually in the eBot camera is uh, a Wi-Fi chip. Okay, So we could go out and under a tree on a nice sunny day and we can use our eBot connected to our iPad. Okay, No, no connection needed. No. It's dedica- dedicated to the eBot. Yeah. In theory, somebody could hack it <laughs> and possibly try to use it. But if they try to hack it and use it, it's going to be a momentary type of thing. They'll get a display of something for, you know, two seconds, and it's going to disconnect it because it's going to realize that it doesn't know what the other device is. So you may get a very momentary one-second, two-second image of something. But uh, I've actually been to uh, some federal government agencies in Washington, D.C., which are high-security environments, some employees working in secure jobs. And uh, we did – actually, somebody left the room who is a hacker, 
high, you know, he's one of these guys that was a hacker, so the government, he was that good, so the government hired him. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what you need, right? You need hackers to, to beat the other hackers, you know, and it's a game. Uh, and so he left the room and he tried hacking it. And uh, when he hacked it, actually, uh, and they were very concerned that somebody could steal the signal of somebody working in the Department of Defense or an FBI job or just whatever that person might be working on at any given point might just be a sec secure information from the point of view of uh, public security. Let's say it's Social Security Administration or IRS, you know, somebody's personal information. Uh, it doesn't always have to be national security. Um, so he tried hacking it, and he did get in and hack it. But what happened when he hacked it, the eBot e display screen shut off, and he got nothing. So he couldn't steal the image, in other words. But, and then all we, all we did was relaunch the eBot. I actually didn't know why it was happening. And I was apologizing to the group, and he came in. And he said, did anything happen? <laughs> and so it was him. And I said, I did all this explaining, think it's my product, and here you were hacking it. Um, so that's, that's actually the first time that we tried hacking it. So we, we actually tried internally hacking it. And, and my brother actually, I have a brother who's a hacker. I'm not supposed to say that. But uh, he, he, tried, <laughs> he tried hacking it. Uh, so we've had some fun on, on trying to do that. Uh, so it's pretty secure. Let me just say it's pretty secure. Now, if you don't have a password, you know, for, for your Wi-Fi, it's going to be like any other Wi-Fi device. Somebody else can see it, okay? So you do want to set your Wi-Fi password. So are, we, are you with me so far on the Wi-Fi? And the thing is, how could we get a signal over a Wi-Fi that's going to look good enough, you know, that when we move the image, so I'll stand on this other side, for those of you who might be able to see the screen, when we move the image, uh, you know, it's just not fading. It's as good as any other video magnifier. How we did it is we have, to, we have uh, six patents pending. A couple of them have already been approved, but there's four more pending. Uh, it's, it's called video compression technology. We have to – this is a dynamic display. We thought something would be commercially available that we could use, a chip. But we found out that a chip was only available from Canon, and they have a patent. And it can snap a picture of a whole page, shoot a whole page over Wi-Fi to another device – it could display it or print it. That's all it could do. But we're dealing with more than that because the user of an eBot is going to be moving the image, moving that paper or that book under the screen constantly. It's dynamic. So we have to operate in real time. That chip didn't allow us to do it. It would just capture a full page, send it over Wi-Fi in a burst, and display on the other side. So we had to develop compression technology that would handle a dynamic image. And it was quite a development. We almost stopped twice for various reasons, uh, technical challenges. And also, we were watching some of our other products in our product line start to fall behind, which is very painful for any company and for the consumers as well. Uh, but we decided to go forward with the project. Um, so uh, the, we just really compressed the, all of the video image, whatever is on the screen, whatever the camera is seeing, and displaying on the screen, we, comp we compress it very quickly, send it over Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi sends it as quickly as it can. It has its own speed uh, based on the connection, uh, anywhere from 90 to 100% strength. That's what the eBot will work at. It rarely will go below 90% strength. Uh, and it displays it on the screen, and then we're back to square one, video compressing again and sending it the next time the image or document is moved. So this all, all, all has to happen quicker than the eye can see, right? Um, so that's where the patents come in. Um, okay, so that's the process. Um, the features that it has, and I'm going to apologize that my uh, my remote control broke in shipment. 
the joystick is broken, but I hope some of the other controls will still work. Um, this actually has a joystick on, on the remote. So uh, the eBot Advanced and the eBot Pro models come with a remote control. The eBot doesn't because the purpose of the remote is the OCR scan. And remember, the eBot model, basic model, does not have OCR. Um, but the eBot Pro model actually comes with a joystick on the remote control. It is a wireless remote. Um, and the purpose of, of it is instead of, since the camera is motorized, instead of always having to move the paper, uh, you can actually move your joystick to the right and the camera will read across the line. And move it back to the left, it'll go back to the beginning. Or you could press an enter button that does the carriage return and it guesses based on your magnification level uh, on the amount of the carriage feed, the line feed. Um, you can also move up or down, or you can even skew as you're moving around. Usually you don't want to skew when you're reading, but you might want to skew and pan around in distance view when you're magnifying at a distance. Um, so the joystick is essentially simulating an XY table of a larger desktop, which, of course, with portables, usually you don't have XY tables because you, that, it just adds bulk and weight to what you're carrying with you. There are some uh, mini XY tables available from a couple of manufacturers, um, but usually that's when the, the user might be at home or in their office, not when they're taking the device portable. They might want to not be carrying the weight of the mini XY table. Uh, so the joystick is essentially your XY table. And because the camera is motorized, that's why the joystick and camera can work together for reading. Um, so let me just try to magnify. I, it does have a built-in voice guide. And the built-in voice guide of the eBot is there uh, to assist the, the user, when you change features, it can call out audially uh, the feature that you're changing. Okay, So it actually tells you what the action is that you're performing. Uh, also, it's there because it's an independent OCR text-to-speech device. Uh, there's a couple of other uh, portable video magnifiers on the market that are computer compatible, like laptop compatible. Uh, and they need to be connected to a laptop for their OCR text-to-speech to work. Uh, but we've actually built the CPU and built the voice into the eBot. So eBot can be a standalone OCR device. Now, I don't want to mislead anyone by saying this, though. If you are blind or low vision and all you want is an OCR text-to-speech device, you don't also want the reading, writing, and distance video magnification of eBot, there are much less options for much less costly options for you. Okay, because the eBot, I'll give you the pricing now. Usually I wait till the end or somebody at the end asks, what's the price? Uh, the eBot is 2695 The eBot Advanced, 2995 The eBot Pro, with the additional features I described to you, the full-page OCR, the SD card built in, uh, the motorized camera, which I'll point out a couple of additional benefits for, it's 3895 So if all you need is an OCR text-to-speech, you can get devices, you know, for under 2000 or 2500 okay? Uh, but those won't have the same, uh, you know, image quality for video magnification. So I want to point those things out. Uh, like any product, you first have to evaluate what your needs are, what your wants are, to find the right solution for you. So you're not overpaying for the solution you need, unless you want to. You know, some people want to. They're just tech nerds, right? Uh, like Michael in, in, our, in our booth, Michael Jones. You know, he buys stuff to buy stuff just so he can play it. Uh, I do too. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, sometimes technology are the toys of blind and visually impaired people, so sometimes they do that. Okay, the camera's, the camera's facing straight down looking at a reading document right now. 
And there's a, on the joystick, excuse me, on the remote is a zoom up and a zoom down button. So let me just zoom it up. Can everyone hear that? Okay. So the zoom, zoom that it says zoom 41, then it said zoom 44 as I increased it. It's changing the size of the magnification. But 41 and 44 is not the magnification level. It's the zoom level of the camera. So who wants to win a Coke? Do you know why it's not the magnification? Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's related to the size of the monitor as well. If we right now it's connected to a 9.7 inch uh, iPad screen, what if we were connected to a 24 inch standalone LCD monitor? Uh, size the actual magnification size would be different. So to give you an example of the magnification, which I'll take it down to minimum. Okay, minimum zoom is actually zoom one on the camera. Maximum zoom is actually zoom 60 on the camera. Okay. But on a 9.7-inch iPad screen, it's from 0.8x, so slightly under 1x, to 35x. On a 17-inch um, uh, MacBook screen, it's from 1.4x to 65x. On a 24-inch monitor, it's from 2.2x to 95x, and that's the magnification. So on a 27-inch monitor, on a 32-inch monitor, it's even bigger. So that gives you a range, though, of what the actual magnification, or when I say actual magnification, it's actually a linear magnification. You start speaking with some technical people, and they say, well, what magnification are you talking about? It, it's called linear magnification. It's not optical. A lot of people think we're measuring the optical magnification. Optical is when you do it with lenses directly on the eye, okay, like, uh, like doctors do, opticians, optometrists. So what is 95x? 95x would roughly be a 9-inch letter on the screen. Yes, almost. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and that's what we're doing here. It's the camera's looking down and it's reading a document that's about 11 or 12 inches away. It's an open design. So, you know, the light comes in from the sides and the front and the back. It's not like a desktop video magnifier, you know, that the camera hovers uh, and covers the whole area above uh, the reading area. And that's one of the that, uh, we did that, of course, to, so that we don't have as much hardware, so the product is lighter, and therefore it is portable. Um, but we also did it so that you can use it in a variety of ways. So when I say open architecture, I mean we have a customer that does paintings under it, so they can fit, you know, a paintbrush, you know, which, is, which, can, which can be different lengths. And she paints, I think, 11 by 14-inch canvases, so it's kind of a small canvas. And for writing, you just, you know, find your, your pen point under the camera. Uh, wherever you need to write on the document, you match the two up, look at the screen, and write. Okay, so that would be the writing application. The distance application I'll show you, although there's nothing on our forward wall, I could turn it around, I guess, and find all of you in the audience. Um, but what we do is we can press a distance button that's on the camera, I mean on the remote, sorry. Um, on the other units, uh, you actually can press it on, on the camera. Um, but I'll press the distance button and... So it tells you what the action is. The camera is moving to a distance view, automatically uh, lifts away from the camera. Uh, camera's viewing. It lifts up the close-up lens. The close-up lens is needed 
so that when it's at its normal height for reading and writing, about 11 inches, that close-up lens is customized for that distance so it can read and focus throughout the, fo the, the 1x to 60x zoom. Uh, in distance mode, we have to remove the close-up lens. Can you stand in front of the panel? Oh, you don't want me on <laughs> Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to turn around to the audience so we can, you can actually see the panning of it, uh, again, if you can. I'm going to move, move the, uh, the eBot a little more to the middle, or, or the iPad a little more to the middle for those of you who can see a little. Yep, we're zooming in on some of you here. Oh, we're looking out the window at the moment. There we go. Now we got some of you. Are you doing that with your handheld device? I'm doing it, yeah, with the remote. Okay, and we can, we can pan around the room now a little bit using the joystick. Okay, so I don't need to be touching the camera. We could zoom in on someone, but don't want to pick on anyone unless you want to become famous. Wave your hands around, we'll find you. <laughs> okay, so we can, we can do that you know, in a classroom. Uh, I often take the eBot into meetings. Um, I can't, we have a 55-inch screen uh, that we show PowerPoint presentations. Uh, sometimes there's, uh, it's just words on the screen. Other times might be a, a budget spreadsheet. Uh, and it's a boardroom-style uh, meeting room. Uh, so I sit on one end of the boardroom table. There's a 55-inch monitor at the other end. All of the sighted employees can all see very clearly, you know, because the image is enlarged on that 55-inch monitor, but I can't. Even if I'm right up to it, I've got to put my my face six inches away from the screen. So I sit opposite the monitor, and I use the eBot, put it in distance magnification, and zoom in on, on the PowerPoint presentation. And then when I'm done, and I, and I take my iPad with me into the conference room. When I'm done, I just collapse my eBot, uh, close my iPad, uh, go back to my office, and I have the eBot connected to a 27-inch monitor. So all I do is reconnect the HDMI cable, power the e-bot back on, and I'm back in business in my office. Does it work with the MacBook, or is that a spoken? Yes, it does work with the MacBook. It's, uh, uh, it's iP iPad devices, so it will work with iPad mini as well. It's uh, Android devices. It's Windows devices, uh, like a Microsoft Surface or just a Windows PC or laptop. Uh, we have it working with... Uh, a Lenovo uh, and, an, and a Hewlett Packard in, in our office. Those are usually the laptops we travel with. Uh, it works with uh, MacBooks uh, and then, of course, the HDMI connection to any monitor that has a HDMI or a DVI connection. Yeah, the, I, you know, the image quality depends a little bit on the uh, definition of the monitor. But for the most part, you should get a good image because the eBot camera is high definition. It's an HD camera. Uh, and it's only going to connect to HD uh, monitor devices. Um, so, like, you cannot connect it to a, to a VGA, as I mentioned earlier, but you can connect it using our adapter from HDMI to DVI. Uh, so pretty much you're going to get a consistently good high-definition image quality. Voice quality. The voice in, in the eBot is actually a cappella. So for those of you that like acapella, you're going to say the voice quality is good. For those of you that prefer nuance or neo-speech, you, you might you know, not think it's so good. It's kind of what you're used to or if acapella sounds fine to you. So it has Ryan and Heather. It has a male and female voice. Um, I'm going to go back to the reading position. Okay? So all I do is press the near button, and the camera goes back. The people in the front row can probably hear the gear 
a little bit when it's going from reading to distance or from distance back to reading mode, uh, or sometimes we call it near and distance modes. Um, it actually takes 3.2 seconds to go from one mode to the other. Um, when you're using the joystick, though, and moving around, you're sitting right in front of it. You literally cannot hear the motors moving the camera. So, um, okay, let's try the OCR. Um, so I'm just going to snap it. I'm not sure what mode it's in right now. I'm going to reduce. Oh, the magnification looks pretty small. Zoom 4. Okay, zoom 4. Okay. So let me try to move the camera up a bit. All right. Let's start. I think this is a... So the whole... Uh, the whole uh, line is fitting left to right across an in half by 11 at zoom 4 it's fitting I'm starting at the top of this I'll press the OCR button it's set in snapshot mode so it's only going to read what it sees on the screen so I can pause it and I can resume it with a pause resume button on the remote uh, I could actually go into the menu and change the uh, speech volume, the speech rate, the speech pitch, and select, uh, this is the male voice we're hearing, I can select the female voice. So those are set from within the menu. Can we hear the female voice? Uh, yep, I can, tr can try and do that. Let's see. I'm going to do it actually, uh, I can't hold this microphone at the same time, so let me try and squeeze back here and, and place the microphone back into its holder. So... I'm going to bring on with a, a right a swipe from the right side of the screen. Okay, so I got out of the OCR for now. I'm going to get into the menu. Okay, I'm going to get into the OCR function. And I'm going to get into the voice settings. Then I'll get into the male or female voice here. GTS voice. Female on. Female on, okay. We'll get out. We'll scan the image once again. And I'm doing this all from the touch screen, from the eBot icons that swipe in from the right side. And I'll describe what, e what icons those are. Actually, more people seem to like the male voice, Ryan, rather than Heather, it seems, in, in a cappella. The male voice, especially the men, seems clearer. <laughs> there might be a reason for that. Are you married? <laughs> we, 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 also <laughs> we also find that, that married men prefer the male voice, and <laughs> unmarried men, the female voice is fine. <laughs> Uh, actually, we do find that women who are single like the male voice, and some of them have admitted that they like it because they feel like there's a man in the house. <laughs> Maybe there's something psychological and emotional about it. It's not all related to the years, I guess. Yeah, question is, uh, is there support for other languages besides English? The answer is yes. Uh, there's 14 languages, but not all of the languages are activated yet. Uh, English is the first of mo the first models that uh, came out. Uh, the eBot only began shipping in uh, in mid-August. The eBot and eBot Advanced models began shipping uh, in mid-September. The eBot Pro models began shipping. So we've, we're staging the uh, introduction, 
uh, by language. In other words, the English version is the first one to come out. It does have Spanish and French actually out at this moment. But you can only have it in one uh, major language at a time. So in other words, if you have it in English and it comes across a Spanish word, it's going to say it a little bit with a gringo accent. And if you have a French word, we're going to butcher the French. <laughs> um, if you have it in Spanish, then when it speaks in English, it's going to speak with a Hispanic accent, so to speak. Um, uh, the the character-based languages are not yet available. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, introducing a company, our development uh, team is in Korea, which Korean is a character-based language, and part of their uh, their language, they are using some Chinese characters. So uh, Chinese is expected to come, Korean is expected to come, Japanese is, is expected to come. So was I clear about the languages? So right now, English is the primary language, but it can secondarily do Spanish and and French, but it's pronouncing it with a, an, Engl an American English accent. So you can switch back Yes, you can. Yeah. So in other words, if you had just a Spanish document, you wanted to put a Spanish document under it and have it read it in, in better Spanish, non-gringo Spanish, you can set the language in the menu to Spanish, and it will re read it with more of a... It reads it with more of a Spain Spanish, a Castilian accent. Question? Right now to a PC, it will connect via Wi-Fi. Uh, right, right now it does not connect by Wi-Fi to a Mac. With either our first or second firmware release next year, it will connect wirelessly to a Mac. Uh, we need a little more cooperation from Apple to get it done. We've done our part, actually. Uh, we, we're waiting on Apple. Apple, uh, I'm not sure, some of you may, may know, those of you that are a little more techy maybe, uh, Apple, it takes a while to get into their system. Uh, so they worked with us so we could, of course, get the compatibility and get our eBot viewer into the Apple Store. But then it shut down. The, the communication stopped. And come to find out, of course, they were testing, you know, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and all that. So the communications reopened with them. And we're ho so we're hopeful that they can give us enough time to do what they need to do on their end and then have us test it and then have them test it and have them certify it. And then we can put that eBot viewer version into the Apple Store. Same thing with Google. We have to time it so that we can do it with Android devices at the same time, too. So it is coming either in the first or second release in 2015. Good questions. How much does it weigh and is it battery powered? Uh, the eBot and eBot Advanced look identical, uh, and those weigh 4.5 pounds. Those models are 4.5 pounds. Uh, the eBot Pro is heavier because it does have a second camera. It has a dedicated OCR camera in addition to the live camera. The eBot and eBot Advanced only have a live camera. And because we have the motor built in uh, to the eBot Pro model, uh, that adds some weight. So it weighs a pound and a half more. It weighs just a bit over six pounds. Uh, does it come with a battery or does it have battery power? The answer is yes. It comes with a user-installable battery. Um, it, the normal use time is four hours, maybe up to four and a half hours. It depends if you're using the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is a drain on the battery. So if you're not using Wi-Fi at all, you just have it connected up to a monitor, you're going to get four and a half hours of, of use on the battery at, on a full charge. If you're using Wi-Fi, that's why we say four to four and a half hours, it may reduce the battery uh, life to uh, four hours instead of four and a half. If you're on Wi-Fi, connected to an iPad for the whole time. Um, the battery is user-replaceable. It's very easy. There's just a, 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 a battery lock on the back panel. 
Uh, and so you just kind of uh, lift up so it releases, then you pull the battery out. Uh, it's a lithium-ion battery, uh, and you can uh, you can only charge it in the eBot, though. Uh, so if you did get a second battery, you'd have to swap the batteries in the eBot to charge the second battery. So if you came home from school or work, charge the battery fully that's in the eBot before you go to sleep, take that battery out, put your second battery in, charge it. When you wake up in the morning, you'll have two fully charged batteries. Other questions? Will the menu function work? Um, well, right now we're in uh, voiceover mode. You mean the voiceover of the iPad? Okay, good. Uh, I was thinking it was a different question. The answer is no. Uh, right now, voiceover is not compatible with eBot, or eBot's not compatible with voiceover. Uh, that is something that uh, Apple, we're hoping to get Apple's time to do as well. So there's actually, I mentioned the Wi-Fi to Mac devices, uh, other than the iPad, uh, like a like a MacBook, uh, that's a project that we're working with. We we hope to get started, restarted with Apple working on that. Same thing. We're hoping to get it compatible with VoiceOver. So there's multiple. Uh, there's a series of uh, projects that we hope to be working with uh, with Apple on. I mean, one other one, for example, right now this is a single user interface. Only one user can use an eBot on one iPad or Android or other device. But for the Wi-Fi, it's a single user device. In other words, if you're in a classroom situation or at the Braille Institute, if they want to instruct, you know, five clients at one time off of an eBot, each client looking at their own iPad, uh, it's not possible. That would currently not possible. That would be broadcast Wi-Fi instead of single user Wi-Fi. Uh, so we do intend to develop broadcast Wi-Fi. We've tried it actually with uh, um, internet services like joinme.com and some of the others, but it doesn't work. Um, it's just not meant to work. Uh, so we decided it's just as much, if not even uh, less of a project, for us to develop broadcast Wi-Fi ourselves and put it directly into the eBot, so it will come in the future. But there's a second level to that. Uh, we, can, we think in level one or the next release we can get it working in broadcast Wi-Fi, but every user... So if you have five students or five clients looking at their, their own eBot screen off of one eBot, uh, looking at their own, I'm sorry, iPad screen off of one eBot, they're going to see the same image. In other words, even though the vision of each of those five individuals may be different, somebody might need a larger size, somebody might want a different text and background color, um, each person is going to only see it, you know, one size one text and background color, one contrast level. Everything's going to be the same on all five units. So it's a second level of Wi-Fi to allow them to be able to, each person to customize their own screen. Because there's only one camera, so we somehow have to be able to grab that full image into, into each iPad to allow each iPad to customize the, the characteristics. Yes? That's true. Um, uh, actually, our, our video compression technology works with the general market, too. And there's a – I'm not sure. Some of you may or may not have heard this. We're not making a big deal out of it. But Hims Inc., which is our national office in the U.S., uh, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of our parent company in Korea, Hims International Corporation, uh, on September 25th, we were actually acquired. Uh, we're, we were acquired by another Korean company. We were looking for further engineering investment into Hims Inc. because we have many, many ideas for other products and more features. 
But what happened is one of the engineering investor discussions led to our company being acquired. Uh, we were acquired by a company called Deotech. Uh, Deotech is into smartphones. They like one of their apps is DeoNote. Uh, you can download it for free whether you have a, an Android or an iPhone, and it's handwriting recognition. Okay, so you could write your sign, sign something or look at something that's signed, and it'll recognize the scripting. Um, and uh, they have other technologies as well. Uh, Deotech is owned by another company, uh, which is a much larger company that has other technologies uh, that we can work cooperatively now with our sister companies to bring some of that technology into HIMSS. But HIMSS has technology that they want. Part of what they want is our video compression technology. So it was a good marriage, and it's very seamless for us. Uh, they have an office uh, in California, but it's only two programmers because they have to have relationships with uh, Apple and Google for all of their apps that they do with the smartphones and, and, and iPads, etc. So um, have you heard of Polaris? Anybody heard of the Polaris? Yeah, that's a company. They, uh, they, there's a company that owns Deotech who owns us. They, they have Polaris. They're the owners of, and, and the developers of Polaris. Uh, so uh, this is actually a good engineering thing for HIMS and hopefully for our consumers. If we can merge all of these technologies in the right ways, it will be for our consumers. And so you're right. The, the broadcast Wi-Fi has uses other than just for HIMS and blind and visually impaired uh, consumers. Good question, and thank you for prefacing it, prefacing it by at the end. <laughs> because when I do collapse it, there is power in the arm. Uh, so when I collapse it, the power automatically shuts off. Uh, we did that on purpose because, uh, let's say a student in a, in a classroom is using the e-bot, bell rings, he talks with a fellow student, or he goes and talks to the teacher, all of a sudden, oh, I didn't turn my, my e I didn't pack up my e-bot. So he packs it up, runs to his next class, but he's not going to use e-bot at his next class. Let's say he forgot to turn off the power button. We don't want it running, so his battery runs down. So when you collapse it, it will shut off. If you, if you turn, if you press the power button, it'll shut off too. So thank you for prefacing that. But I will, and you can come and see it, of course, at our table, which we're at the front of the room. Uh, if you're sitting in the audience, we'd be at the front of the room on the on the right side. You can come and take a look at it on our hinge table. Get your hands on it, and you can see how the the eBot um, uh, icons work. Uh, when I brought it back on, it just starts reading. But when I bring the, the eBot icons on the screen, um, actually the top icon, there, there's, there's a five icons, and they're image icons. Um, but when you, from it's on the right side going down the right margin. The top one is how you change your text and background colors. So I'll just go through. And we started on natural color. Um, we had, so it has seven images. Um, natural color is a default, so you cannot change that, that color, that text or background color. It is full color already. The other six, you can actually go into the menu, into a color palette of 56 uh, different colors, and you can choose which text and background color you want for each of the other six. You can also enable or disable any of those other six. So in other words, if I want to just read white letters on black, because that's my preferred reading mode, but when I come across something in color, I, of course, want to see it in full color. There's a default natural color mode. If I only want those two, I can disable the other five. 
I can re-enable them at any time I want through the menu. Okay? So there is some customizing you can do to your image. Uh, the next one down is auto-scroll. Uh, auto-scroll is that once I get my paper set up on my platform, uh, and there's a platform that's a little bit larger than an 8.5 by 11 um, that you put your paper on, once I did that, I could press my auto-scroll button, and the camera will read across line one, then come back, read across line two, come back, read across line three. So it's auto-reading, basically. But I'm actually doing the reading. It's just scrolling for me automatically. So if your vision or the, the content of what you're reading uh, lends itself well to, you know, a constant speed of the camera movement, then you can go to auto-scroll mode. Otherwise, you can control it uh, with a joystick, or you can control it just by moving the paper on the platform under the camera. Um, the next one down is the OCR. That's how you select your OCR. Uh, the next one down is uh, it's going to see either distance or near. That's So right now it says distance because the camera is in the reading or the near position. So if I press that icon, the camera will go to the distance viewing position. And that, now that icon will change to saying near because when I press it again, it's going to come back to near. So it toggles between near or distant depending what mode the camera is currently sitting in. And the bottom icon is uh, a focus lock. So if for some reason you want to lock the autofocus, you can lock the autofocus. And when you do that, it'll, uh, of course, toggle to say autofocus. So those are the icons. More questions? Yeah, so in other words, you're saying you don't want to save it on the SD card because your environment's secure. They don't allow you to save on other, other media. Yeah, the, the eBot Pro has a built-in SD card slot. Yeah. So as long as you can do it, store it on an alternate media like an SD card, and then you can you know, put it into your computer, send it to another device, you can do that. There are brochures. If, if, if you'd like brochures, you can pick one up at the front of the room, or you can just come to our table and you can get brochures, by the way. I know some of you have other time slots that you've got to get to. Uh, but, yeah, you can do that. Uh, we are looking at, in a future version, the possibility of giving you, like, email capability. So you can capture, let's say, a screenshot or a full-page image, and you can email it to someone. So we are looking at po possibility of broadening our Wi-Fi connectivity. Don't, don't hold your breath on that one <laughs> for the first release. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the iPad and Android compatibility, there isn't. We're the first and only company that has a video magnifier of any type uh, that is connecting wirelessly. Um, when it comes to just portable video magnifiers that do reading, writing distance, and some form of OCR, um, some of you can connect me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know the market, and I'm, I may not be totally current, is what, is, I guess. So we, tend not, we don't consider DaVinci competition because DaVinci is in the transportable category. It weighs about 25 pounds. In order to transport it, you got to load it into basically a luggage case with wheels and a pull-up handle. The eBot actually comes in a case. Uh, it's, a, it's a green case. Uh, the federal government calls it the military model. I guess they like the military green look. Um, but it's a, a three-pocket case. Uh, and the eBot the e goes into, of course, the biggest pocket. And you lock it down with a, a buckle uh, belt, and there's also two uh, Velcro belts that lock it down. Um, 
Then there's a mid-sized pocket. You can fit um, an iPad into it. You can fit all of your cables, your remote control, etc. Then there's a smaller pocket where you can fit smaller devices, uh, like if, if you like the, the DVI to HDMI, uh, um, you know, gender changer. Um, so it has three pockets, t- totally uh, packed up with a, an iPad and the power supply and everything. It weighs about 10, 11 pounds. Uh, you can carry it on a on a uh, handle. You can carry it vertic- uh, horizontally from a handle. You can carry it vertically from a handle. Uh, you can carry it over the shoulder, or there's a zipper that you can pull out back uh, backpack straps. So it's multi-carry, multi-purpose uh, backpack. Yes, question. There's a female voice out there with a question. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. The zippered pocket is. Right here, right, right here. So we can open up the zippered pocket and we can pull out the backpack straps. Yes. The snapshot mode will read what the image is on the screen. The uh, full page mode will actually capture a full page. A full page is defined as up to 9 inches wide by 12 inches uh, long. So up to a 9 by 12 image. So our 8.5 by 11 standard size paper will, should be no problem. Uh, no, you do have to bring the zoom level down to one of the lower zoom levels, normally 8x or below. Yep. Okay. I guess our time is up. Thank you, everyone. Feel free to come to our table. See you at demonstration. Grab a brochure. Thank you.